Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. We're glad to have you back with us this week, and we have a wide variety of topics we're going to be going over in this episode. We're going to start off by talking a little bit about the possibility that the Chicago Bears might, in fact, sign Le'Veon Bell, and then going into a little bit of an evaluation of our rookies and how they've been performing this year. Then we're going to get into evaluating Nick Foles' performance as well and questioning whether or not he can take us to the Super Bowl. Finally, we're going to wrap up the show with our pregame analysis of the Panthers game and going over some of the matchups involved with that. Thank you everybody so much for helping us through this tough time and we are excited to be bringing you a lot of new updates to the Bear Necessities in the next coming month. With that everyone, bear down and enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. How are you doing this week, Reese? I'm doing good, doing good. Definitely it's been busy with midterms and all that, but that's per usual, you know, it's just always fitting stuff in with schoolwork, always gets to be a bind, but you know, everything's going good and it's kind of felt weird not having the Bears play this weekend, of course, uh, you know, having other NFL games out there to watch and all that. It's always good to be able to watch the other teams in the league, though, kind of give you a look at what everyone else in the league is doing because sometimes you can get really, you know, wrapped into what, you know, your team is doing. So it was good to be able to watch other teams play, honestly. Yeah, I've had quite a busy week, too, as well. I mean, I, we can both, I'm sure, as with probably, you know, everyone else who's a college student uh, knows that it is midterm season right now. It's a difficult time. It's not uh, exactly easy situation. Uh, but, you know, we're cranking out the podcast since I've gotten better with COVID-19. We're uh, we're trying to roll through this. We're trying to repair. We lost a little bit of footing. Uh, we, t- we, we took an L with that COVID-19, but we're going to get right back up there with the top of uh, YouTube content, getting, you know, ranking top 10 featured list coming soon. But, no, nah, we... Uh, Just like Big Sean <laughs> we're doing said, all right, right? Man. You know, last night took yeah, an L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go. And he's always been our our uh, he's always been our influence for the show. So we th- we would like to dedicate the show to Big Sean. <laughs> On another note, I reached out to Trace McSorley to see if we could actually use his song as our new intro song for the podcast. Uh, no comment there from Trace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always interesting when you hear Trace McSorley's name bubble back up, right? That's not really one that you kind of expect to hear from. But man, I, you know, honestly, anyone that comes from Penn State, I mean, Allen Robinson. Yeah, Christian Hackenberg. Yeah. Yeah, I like Allen Robinson, but anyone else from Penn State, blah. You know, I don't really want to hear about them. Yeah, me neither. Adrian Amos, <laughs> bum. Uh, no, but man, this has been kind of a, it feels like a really weird week because when Bears football is on Thursday, then you have this weird like 10 day period where you're kind of juked out. You're like, oh, the game should be coming up pretty soon, right? And it's really just kind of the beginning of the week. It's not a full seven days. You got three extra days on there. I'm not a fan of the Thursday night games, man. I just, I would prefer to play on Sunday every single week. And honestly, this is going to sound like such like a, like a bum fan take, but I would prefer that the Bears play play at 12 o'clock every single week central time, because I love that time slot. I just love that time slot. I I like waking up, like, you know, cranking out a little bit of work, getting breakfast, and then sitting down watching the Bears and then having the rest of the day to do my stuff. I like that time slot, and I like Sunday night football. But anything else, I hate. Yeah, I think that's kind of like such like a – I think the really the northern, like, division teams really like that, right? Kind of like the noon kicks on a Sunday, like – you know, mm-hmm. like the Packers, all the NFC North teams should always be playing, you know, a noon kick. Same with like kind of like the AFC, like East and, you know, basically all the East and North teams should always be kicking at noon. You know, that should definitely be mandatory. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. 
and like the thing is when i'm in la too it's like okay that's an extra two hours back so it's literally at 10 o'clock in the morning and you're like all right you know i can i could handle this just wake up have some breakfast watch football you know it's a, it's a great time but like man waiting till that three o'clock time slot it just in right smack dab in the middle of the day i'm, I'm just not a fan yeah no definitely i agree it's nice to be able to you know, wake up at a reasonable time on Sunday, you know, not do too much and then, you know, have football come on, have your game wrap up and then hopefully, you know, watch the other games afterwards. That's definitely the optimal way of doing it. I'm not a fan of Thursday night games at all. Really, there's really no drive in me watching those games unless it's a team mm-hmm. that I care about that's playing in them. I mean, honestly, the matchups sometimes are so, so bad, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, the Jets and the Broncos were just on Thursday night football, weren't they? Or was that Monday Night Football? Man, I, I honestly, I'm lost in that. I, I know that they had, like, the first matchup, I think, was, like, the Cincinnati. Well, they, the first matchup was the good one, actually. It was with Kansas yeah. City and all that. But I think it was literally Bengals and then Browns, Browns. I think. And, yeah, Bengals, Browns. And then some other bad matchup, honestly. Yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just have to say I'm not a fan. You know what I would be a fan, though, of? If they switched it to Friday Night Football. I would like that. I think, you know, being able to get done with your work that week, sitting back Friday night, being able to relax, you know, not have to worry about work in the, the next morning. I think that would be nice. But I know that, you know, there's conflicts there with like high school football and stuff. So I know they don't want to really uh, take away from that. But man, I I have to say Thursday night, just not a big fan of it. But ultimately, like this, this week, there's been a ton of actually Bears news that kind of came out. We've we uh let, let's let's just get off by saying how how's that Tampa Bay Bucks game marinating in your brain, bro? You know, I, I think that over time, I feel like it's gotten like a little bit like sweeter. I guess you could say, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it feels a little bit better in, in my eyes. You know, just kind of seeing that is as a win. You know, probably the best win so far. You know, as far as quality Certainly. of opponent. So I, I think it has soaked in me a bit better. I, I think that you know, still putting me kind of on the mark that I'm not really sold in this team. I think that that's, mm-hmm. you know, still very much how I feel. You know, I think there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Uh, you know, quite a few holes that I think that, you know, have become apparent over the course of the season so far. But I, I think that, you know, that was a quality win. I think that, you know, maybe even being on Thursday, maybe gave the Bears a little bit of an edge, even though it seemed like, you know, it was hard playing two games in five days. I think, you know, kind of the less time you can give Bruce Arians and Tom Brady time to prepare, probably the better. And, and they took advantage of it. So in my opinion, they took advantage of a situation and uh, got out with a, a good win. And, you know, maybe it wasn't the prettiest, but hey, it wins a win, right? You know, like, it's kind of weird because this Bears team, you know, they're off to their 4-1 and start, right? Which is, God, I can't... When's the last time the Bears went 4-1, and man? I, I, I really can't even remember the last time they went 4-1 and to begin the season. It's not something we're very accustomed to. But at the same time, I'm almost less confident in them than I was the 2018 Bears when they went 3-3 three and three to start the season. So it's kind of that weird thing where it's like, you can see the issues... But you can also see that this team perseveres and kind of gets past those issues. It, this team 110% has a lot of issues. You know, Nick Foles, we're going to get to him later in the show, but his quarterback play has been okay. I know he's been pressured mightily and he's faced two of the toughest defenses in the NFL these past two weeks, but you'd like to see a little bit more of an inspiring performance over his first two starts. Um, as far as everyone else on offense, it's just, uh, it, you know, 
in specifically in the Colts game, it looked like the 2019 Bears offense. And in parts of the Tampa Bay game, it looked like the 2019 Bears offense. The thing that I have to say about Foles is I feel like he made a couple key throws that maybe Trubisky wouldn't have. So that gives me a little bit of hope. And you can see he gets the ball out quicker. You can see he makes probably smarter decisions. Um, but man, it's just, we still have to wonder if he's going to be enough to really uh, do anything in the playoffs. Now, I have no doubt in my mind that this Bears team is going to make the playoffs. I mean, the teams we play over the next couple of weeks aren't exactly the cream of the crop. You know, they're, they're some not great teams. We're pretty much going to walk into the playoffs. We, I mean, we should at this rate. I can't imagine that 10 wins doesn't get us a playoff spot. And in order to get that, what do we need? Uh, five wins in 11 games and our schedule is easy as can be. So my, my bigger concern is, okay, if we do get into the playoffs, is Nick Foles, I know he has, you know, a, a big name to him in the playoffs, but is he going to be good enough to really make an impact, make a mark, really just be a difference maker for us? And I, I think that question is still very much on the table. I think the, the question of, is Nagy a competent offensive play caller? is still very much on the table. And hey, I've got a lot of questions about how Ryan Pace is handling uh, kind of like the additions of free agents this year as well, which we're going to get into in just one second. But I think that with every single game, I, you know, a couple questions I have get resolved, but then like three more open. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely in the same boat. I think I'll try to unpack everything you kind of just unloaded and, uh, you know, piece by piece here because you asked quite a few questions, but all of them that really kind of hit, you know, hit the spot with this team that are pretty much right on point with what we've seen. As far as Nick Foles, the past tells you that he can go out there and that he can, you know, play well in the latter half of the season and play well in the playoffs. And I think it's fair for his kind of slower states, slower start to be like, okay, you know, he, you know, didn't have a preseason to work with, you know, this is kind of like his way of figuring it out on the go. I think that's fine. I understand that excuse. And I think it's true. I think there is validity to that. Yeah. And yeah, I think there is validity to that. You know, I think that, you know, to a certain extent, you know, you can't expect him to just jump in there and understand because these are all receivers. He hasn't really quite developed chemistry yet. So I, I get that from that point of view. And honestly, when it has counted, he's found something to, to make it work to go out there and win the game. So, I, you know, he's been playing, playing good enough. And I think we need to see improvement. I think he's capable of it. Um, you know, I think that he can at least put this Bears team in a in a position to win a lot of games. You know, I think when it comes in the playoffs, I don't know if he's going to help the Bears, you know, run away with these games and walk into the Super Bowl. But I think that he'll put himself in a position, you know, much like we saw when they played the Bears in the wild card game, you know, two years back now. You know, he put that Eagles team in a position late to, to win that game. And, of course, the Bears, you know, ended up, you know, infamously double doinking it and had the chance to win it. But, you know, he ended up winning that game. So I think that, you know, Nick Foles is going to end up developing into something, which is kind of a matter of how long it takes and, you know, how much Nagy, like you said, you know, is able to help him. And this week, I think, is going to be instrumental in kind of determining where exactly this Bears team is because they're facing a team that they're clearly much more talented than just on paper. Um, and, you know, just almost at every single level of offense and defense, you can't really c- 
compare the two teams as far as talent goes. Yet somehow the Panthers are still winning this season. I think it, a lot of it has to do with an easier schedule, but it's going to be a very important game. We're going to get to that later in the show. But first, I want to talk about Le'Veon Bell. He was released last night from the uh, from the New York Jets. And they tried to trade him, couldn't get a trade partner. Doesn't really surprise me because his contract wasn't that good. He is on waivers currently. He's going to clear them almost certainly because of that contract. Uh, For you guys who don't know, when you uh, actually waive a player, when you pick them up, you pick them up on their current contract, um, which is just not going to happen for pretty much any NFL team I can imagine. And a lot of people are pointing towards the Chicago Bears being a suitable situation for the five-time Pro Bowler. And I mean, Reese, let's let's just start this off. We've had a lot of critiques of this running back position. I know we're both big fans of David Montgomery, but at the same time, we understand that there is holes on this running back position group that need to be filled. So what would your initial thoughts be for the Chicago Bears signing Le'Veon Bell? You know, I'm I don't really like it. I'm not gonna lie. Really? I, I don't love it just because I'm gonna tell you why. He has struggled behind a Jets offensive line that wasn't able to produce a lot of holes for him, produce a lot of running lanes, and his average went way down from what he had with, you know, the Steelers. You know, certainly he looked like a different back. I mean, when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was elite, you know, probably for a stretch of two years, probably the best running back in the league. But I, I think that with this Bears team, with the status of the holes that they haven't been able to create for running backs like David Montgomery and Cordell Patterson, you know, I don't really like kind of he has a similar kind of trait in Montgomery in that he sometimes likes to hesitate behind the line. I mean, that's kind of characteristic of his running style. And I just I think the Bears offensive line is letting up too much penetration right now for that kind of to be, you know, conducive to his running style. I think that he could be effective in the passing game, could develop some with Nick Foles. But I, I think that they I'm sure they could bring him in on a, on a decent contract. But, man, I don't know. I don't think he's really the best fit. I'm definitely a fan of bringing in someone for the running back position, but I'm not sure if Le'Veon Bell is really our answer. You know, I just, I don't know very much what to think of his Jets career. I almost feel like, well, he, a big reason why he got released is because he was upset with his usage. He had one target in the passing game, which for anybody who's been watching football over the past two or three years, they would understand that Le'Veon Bell, one of his particular strong suits was in the passing game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I just, I can't really blame Le'Veon for this because the that Jets team is just absolutely awful top to bottom. You know, even Sam Darnold, who I think is a talented quarterback, uh, he, not even he is producing. Not No one on that team is producing. Uh, it's just a terrible team. Their offensive line is way worse than the Bears, uh, even though the Bears do also have struggles. They got to be dead last in the league, I'd assume. Um, and, you know, I think that Le'Veon Bell, I think you make a great point. When you say that, hey, he's not going to have the offensive line that he may may have had when he was with the Steelers. But at the same time, like this man is a five time pro bowler. He has been, you know, he's the bell cow back as the, you know, pun used to say, uh, you know, I, I think that we got to add him. You know, I, I truthfully believe that the Bears, this is a must sign for the Chicago Bears. If they can get him on a good contract, if they can get him in the building, it's a must sign because he actually fits our run scheme very well. You know, he might not fit like the he's not necessarily a good fit when it comes to with David Montgomery, particularly, but we need to just upgrade this position. And I'm a big fan of David Montgomery, but if we can get some, you know, added firepower or be able to do some two running back sets with Le'Veon and Montgomery, um, I think that is that would be a home run for the Bears. Montgomery had what, like 
was it was like 13 yards on six carries through like three quarters of the last game. Not a particularly uh, fantastic performance. I don't think it's all on him, but I think Le'Veon will give us a really good understanding of not only, you know, how it, it, it's going to help us improve our running game, but also kind of get an understanding of really where this offensive line is at. Because if we bring in Le'Veon and he's also not performing, then we know that the issues run deep in the line. Uh, to me, it just kind of seems apparent that the issues run deep in the line. I think that David Montgomery, I think there are faults in his game that don't really accompany the weaknesses of the Bears line very well, right? So the Bears isn't really, their line isn't really able to get, you know, great pushes off and isn't really able to get penetration to the second level. And Montgomery is not able to really, you know, explode into any holes. And he kind of sometimes, instead of just piling through and getting a couple of yards tends to wait and loses yards. I mean, it seems like Montgomery does get caught up in the backfield, you know, a couple mm-hmm. too many times. So I think it mostly falls with the line. It's kind of just that like both of their weaknesses kind of fall and, and compound upon each other, making make them worse. And I feel like, you know, Le'Veon Bell, I think that he's more explosive clearly than Montgomery is, or at least that we've seen in Montgomery's career so far. I, I think that there's definitely a higher ceiling that we know of, with Le'Veon Bell than what we currently know of Montgomery. I understand with, you know, wanting to upgrade the position. I definitely get that. You know, I think that they kind of just have to pick a clear course. You know, I think that if they, if they do end up going out and reaching out to Le'Veon Bell and wanting to pick him up, wanting to sign him, then, you know, you really do have to make an effort to integrate him into the offense. I don't think he's really going to be someone mm-hmm. that's going to do well, you know, even particularly splitting, you know, plays with, with Montgomery, I think that he's going to need a dominant share of, of the work and really kind of try to get into the offense. And it could work. I think it's just it would have to be something that everyone on the coaching staff is ready to kind of make a shift to because it's going to dramatically change the offense. Well, the thing is with Le'Veon, too, if I remember correctly, when he was with the Steelers, he did a really good job with those little screen passes because he has the patience to let some of the blocks develop. You know, he also has... He's not a very speedy guy, but he's certainly more speedy than like Montgomery. And he's also really good on dump offs. So I just think, I just really think that this Bears team, their running game has still been very underwhelming so far. I know that the offensive line is linked to that, but you should just throw everything you have at it, especially when we have extra cap space. I mean, why not? If we're trying to make a run this year with Nick Foles, like it seems like the coaching staff wants to do why not try and explore every single avenue? And it's not like Le'Veon has character flaw issues. He had been, until this point, nothing but, you know, quiet about this Jets team that he was on, which was terrible. So I think just, you know, bring him in. Now, then we'd have Le'Veon. We'd have uh, David Montgomery. You know, Tree Cone's obviously injured. But then you'd also have Lamar Miller, who we just signed. And that's a really, really solid room, I feel like. I, I, that is a really solid room. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's definitely definitely solid, and it definitely is a step up from where they are right now. I just, I you know, I also trying to temper it with kind of just knowing. I feel like the Bears just aren't going to do it though. You know, with just kind of I agree. with so many. It seems like there's been so many signings that have kind of walked across the board that seem like, oh, this is these are players that the Bears are going to go out and get, right? Like, this is someone that they're going to go out, they're going to bring him in, they're going to fill this hole because it's obviously there. I mean, we talked about it for many weeks with Snacks Harrison and Bilal Nichols. You know, they need to do that. We talked about it, you know, from the basically the middle of camp until probably week two or three into the season. And 
and you know there's been multiple other people that have come along whether it be you know adrian peterson you know all that it seems like it's been a carousel of running back names we've talked about i mean way back when it was raheem moster and it just doesn't really seem like the bears are really that intent on pulling the trigger and i know you were kind of leading up to to this when you you know kind of asked your bevy of questions about this team as to you know what position is ryan pace putting this team into you know and I think that, you know, you can't expect a team to go out there and sign every free agent target. But if you truly want to go out there and mix it up, I mean, you know, look at teams like the Patriots in the past who have taken shots on people midway through the season, like mm-hmm. Josh Gordon, you know. I think you kind of, you don't have to model the contending teams, but you can at least see how they're behaving to kind of get a scope of what you need to do to really be a serious contender. I just don't get why Ryan Pace seems so, you know, he just seems like having such an issue with making moves during the season. And I've never understood that throughout his entire career here. He seems to be pretty aggressive in free agency. He makes some big moves, but when it comes to just making some basic cleanup moves in the season, he seems to have an issue with it. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. The other thing that I truthfully think about this bears team is that they focus so much on how, the current players would feel about a move that it sometimes removes them or takes them away from making that move. So this is what I think truthfully Ryan Pace thinks in his head. He thinks that, okay, David Montgomery, he's been a good back for us for a couple of years. He's going to be upset if you bring in Le'Veon Bell, which, you know, I think there is some truth to, and like, I I think that there truthfully is some, uh, you know, validity to, but at the same time, that's not how you're supposed to run a team. You're supposed to have that separation and understanding that, hey, sometimes players are just going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to deal with somebody potentially taking their job. And look at look what happened with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, Mitch probably was not happy that he got benched. But guess what? It's the best thing for the franchise. And because of that, we're moving forward. And I, again, I'm still a huge fan of David Montgomery. Still a huge fan of David Montgomery. But there's nothing wrong with bringing in some more talent to the position. And if it eats up a little bit as snaps, I mean, it could help him potentially. It could help him be more efficient. So ultimately, I think that you just have to throw, at least with positions of direct need, you you need to just throw what you can at it. I'm not calling for the Bears to sign, you know, Antonio Brown because I think we're fine at that wide receiver position. I'm not calling for the Bears to sign anybody who isn't in a direct position of need. And I think that, you know, truthfully, Ryan Pace should be extensively evaluating running backs and guards yeah definitely I think that you know as far as everywhere else in the offense you know I think that the major weak points have definitely been on the interior of the offensive line and with the running game I mean Josh Klein is still available oh yeah the names are out there I mean there's still decent players are out there I mean hell if he really wants a player on that's currently on an active roster and he can go out there and make a trade but like you said it's kind of just follows the pattern of him not really wanting to make these moves and I think it lies completely on what you said with you know team chemistry I think he's kind of afraid to to shake things up introduce something you know midway through the season especially since they're four and one right now I'm sure he's kind of sitting on do I really want to throw something in the works that's gonna ruin it but I think you kind of have the right mentality here I honestly do because if you know you gave the case of David Montgomery. Well, if David Montgomery is actually someone that's about that position, wants to really solidify himself in the, in this team, and let's say that they do bring in someone like Le'Veon Bell is going to take away snaps from him, then David Montgomery, if he is about it, he's going to rise to the occasion and work back to you know prove why he should have 
you know, that starting job back, you know, like you said, become more Mm -hmm. efficient, work on his game. I mean, that's what like the best athletes in the world do. And, you know, NFL has some of the best of them. But, you know, sometimes as an athlete, you're pushed, you know, especially for your position. I mean, there's so many examples of this, you know, that have happened in the NFL and outside of the NFL where, you know, there's a top player, but they still bring in that because they want to improve the team. And, you know, you have to go out there and prove yourself. I mean, that's one of the main things in sports. Yeah. And David Montgomery had his snap count go up to like 86 percent of offensive snaps last week. That's not very sustainable for a running back either. We need someone to carry the load. And hey, we just brought in Lamar Miller. He's on the practice squad still. I don't know about his injury status, right? And, you know, I think he could help do that. But at the same time, we need to have some sort of backup running back that can be an all-purpose back. You know, you know, Lamar Miller, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit, but... He is mostly a speed back. You know, he, he can he can be a little physical, but he is mostly a speed back. And I don't know. I think he his time in Houston proved that he's not supposed to be a full-time running back. You know, I, I think that he is supposed to be a change of pace, but a really good change of pace back, right? So bring in Le'Veon Bell. Why not? Just, I, I, I don't see, it's the same thing that we said with Cam Newton, right? Sure, you have guys that you like there, but there's also a real realistic situation where neither of these guys work out and I, I man I have to say it right now it's looking like the Bears might have made the wrong decision there it, it, it's looking like because the Bears were so content with and I'm not saying they they, they made the wrong the wrong decision for this season because we we've said it uh, consistently that Nick Foles was the right uh, decision for the season but moving forward we could have had Cam Newton you know learning the playbook right now sitting on our bench helping out you know, Nick Foles, or at least been you being able to be exposed to the playbook for an entire season or whatever. And then next year had Cam Newton who knew our playbook, right? So it's one of these things where I feel like something that Ryan Pace consistently does with the exception of the Khalil Mack trade, because I think that was an exception and the exception of the 2018 NFL offseason. I've always felt like Ryan Pace has a tendency to just mail it in. And just, there's not to cut yeah, you just, off, but there's no reason no, right now with this four and one season. I feel like he's kind of looking at the opposite way that he should. I think he's kind of looking at like, hey, you know, we've got something together that's going good. When I think the realistic vision of what's going on is, hey, this is a team that probably has some good team chemistry because, you know, they've been able to bounce back and they've shown some resiliency and some tough games. But it's definitely a team that needs some help. And if we really honestly want to contend, make a push, and we're in a good position already to make the playoffs, so we probably should push to make some kind of run here, then you'd go out and add some additional pieces. I mean, realistically, mm-hmm. this is a team that definitely needs some some buffing up at spots. And we talked about, you know, running back guard. I mean, there's even a couple places on defense there. I mean, the glaring one is that that tackle position in the interior of the, the defensive line. But, you know, I think that, you know, they're sitting back when they really should be pushing forward, and it's just frustrating, man. I, I feel like this is kind of typically what just holds this team back, you know. It's kind of just not even mm-hmm. – I, I think that finally – I think Pace has brought in a, a vision for this team that helps them in the long run. I think that he kind of has set this Bears team up better for the future I, I still think there's heavy incentive to win now with players like Khalil Mack, you know, getting up there in age. I mean, we've talked about it. 
but I think it's the short term, you know, kind of picking or knowing when you're in the position to kind of go for it where he kind of lacks, you know. Honestly, this Bears team right now kind of reminds me a little bit of the Kansas City Chiefs before they had Patrick Mahomes. And now that, that's kind of, that might sound like a weird comparison at first, right? Because, oh, they had Alex Smith. They had a good offense, not a great defense. But it's kind of in the reverse, right? I feel like this Bears team is good enough to go, you know, have, be over 500 almost every single year. And I think Ryan Pace can keep the Bears over 500 almost every single year. I don't have a concern that this Bears team is going to regress back to what it was before Ryan Pace. And for that reason, I think Ryan Pace is a great GM. But what did the Kansas City Chiefs do that put them over the edge? They were aggressive. They went out. They got a quarterback. Even though their current starter may not have liked that that much, I'm sure Alex Smith wasn't that happy about it. And they made these aggressive moves that ultimately put them in a position to win. They drafted... uh, Tyreek Hill you know they drafted a player with a lot of character concerns coming out of college they went out they 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 got Kareem Hunt they got all these different guys right and they were aggressive with it and it's just that they uh you know they that that ended up putting them over the edge and I think that once Ryan Pace realizes that he needs to commit to a vision okay and that's what that's what's been hard to sell Bears fans on this year, right? This is kind of like a half baked Bears team, right? That's what that's what I would describe them. They're a team that, yeah, they've got a lot of talented pieces on defense, but you know, what are we gonna do offensively? And that's the consistent question. Oh, we got Nick Foles. Yippee, you know, like we got a we got an okay quarterback, right? But we don't have any we we, we didn't make it a and you know Potentially Tom Brady, we did make a push for Tom Brady. That came out. But we didn't really put our foot on the gas completely. And maybe Ryan Pace just sees this year as something that we just kind of have to deal with it till next year when we can draft a quarterback. But honestly, I just want to see if he thinks that this team can actually make any sort of run, just sign Le'Veon Bell. Just sign Josh Klein. Bring players in. Try to improve. You don't need to give it to Alex Bars. There's better players, you know, just sitting out there that are better than Alex Bars. You want to look at uh, Bilal Nichols playing uh, defensive tackle. Snacks Harrison was out there. There's plenty of players out there right now that would arguably be a better run stuffer than Bilal Nichols right now. And and this isn't a year. I mean, we talked about it, Austin, over text. This isn't a year that the NFC is weak. I mean, so bad. we talked about how the best team is sitting in our own division right now. And who yeah, would be the better by team far the Packers. if anyone can knock off the Packers is going to be a team that's very familiar with them, like the Bears, who maybe, you know, mm-hmm. they line up and the Bears are able to take advantage of, you know, some of that familiarity, you know, having played against Rodgers a lot, you know, knowing exactly what they have to do to stop them. And it's just a matter of going out there and doing it. You know, th- this is a team that should be gearing up and getting ready to go. I mean, what a better year to go out there and nab a Super Bowl. You know, well, then, not, then right. Not, no, what were you gonna say? Yeah, no. Not to mention just the 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 lack of talent, but how well the Chicago Bears team matches up to these teams. I was watching the Seahawks play the Vikings. You think that Seahawks team would beat this Bears team? I don't think so. I really do not think so. I think this Bears team would be a steel wall, and their defense is bad enough that we could put ourselves over the top of them. You know, I do not see the Seahawks. You look at the Saints team. Saints have been struggling. 
Drew Brees has been struggling throwing it downfield. Yeah, they came back against the Chargers. So did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? It's one of those things where this team, not only is it a good team, but it matches up very well against the current good teams in the NFC. Really, the teams of the highest concern to me, truthfully, A, is the Packers because they've, you know, last year they really killed us and we split with them when we were really good and they weren't even that good because Aaron Rodgers is just a really good quarterback. They're they're the best team in the NFC, in my opinion, right now. And we could we could definitely beat them. On a given Sunday on in the playoffs, I think that this Bears team could beat the Packers if they just devoted what they wanted, just devoted more effort into what they were doing. Devoted, actually going all in, signing Josh Klein, bringing in Le'Veon Bell, adding pieces here and there, seeing what sticks. I mean, you want to talk about how these this can make an impact. I don't know if you remember, uh, but when the Eagles ended up signing, who was it? Was it Golden Tate that they signed? Right, yeah. in, right before the play, yeah, right before the playoffs. Who ended up scoring that last touch touchdown for them to put them over the Bears? Yeah, Golden Tate. Golden Tate. It's, it's insane. I mean, you look at James Harrison when he signed with the Patriots, right? And he, in that Super Bowl run, he was a he was a big piece. The Patriots have been doing this for years. They bring in random players that they just pick up and they give them a huge impact. I mean, didn't they do it with Legarrette Blunt twice? Didn't they literally yes. pick him up on two different occasions <laughs> for two different Super Bowl runs, I think? Like, damn. Yes, they they just, they've been doing this stuff forever. The The way to be good in the NFL is out there. Want to be good. Want to be good. Try to be good. That's not saying make stupid contract decisions, but when it's a player that's available midseason, they're not going to sign a huge contract. Just get them in the building. Well, and in favor of like what you've been arguing for, which is just upgrade and load up a position, continue to make it look better and better. I mean, you brought up the Chiefs. Look at how many receivers they have. It's not just Tyreek Hill. It's Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins who gets like minimal Nicole targets Hartman. when on most teams he would get, you know, the like probably be the primary receiver, but he's about the second, third option. They also have Harmon, Kelsey, who's a tight end. But, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, honestly, they have so many options just in the passing game. And then, you know, with running, they didn't have a bad running game, but then they go out there and then they draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and make that position stronger. It's just, you know, the formula is out there. And I think, you know, while the Chiefs finally stumbled against the Raiders, I don't think anyone else is really thinking that, you know, the Raiders are honestly a better team than them, even though the Raiders, you know, have done decent, but they're also a team that's kind of slowly like, you know, rebuilt. But then, you know, as soon as they kind of turned the corner, they started signing people like the, even the Raiders have been more aggressive, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the teams right now who are at the top of the NFC are teams with not great defenses, but high pace offenses right now. And the bears can benefit from that because if they can just score enough points, if they can just score, you know, 24 points a game, they can beat a lot of these teams, okay? They beat the Bucks with 20. I think that they could certainly beat the Seahawks with 24 points. Good chance they could beat the Saints with 24 points, the way their offense has been playing. These teams don't have great defenses, right? We would match up pretty well because we'd be able to keep it close. We just need a couple pieces here and there to maybe put us above them. And I'm going to tell you this. If the Bears, for some reason, you know, make a deep playoff run and lose by like one point, two points, you know, one touchdown, that's the difference that one player could make. 
you know, one player, Le'Veon Bell can absolutely be one touchdown in the playoffs. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can necessarily, you know, blame a playoff berth uh, or a playoff loss on us not signing Le'Veon Bell or anything like that. But there are players out there that could make a touchdown's worth of difference for us in any given game. It really just seems like, you know, this is a Bears team that as long as they're keeping it close, they're in it, you know, and the more that they can keep that reputation up, even the other team's going to be thinking like, man, if it's the third quarter and the Bears are still within like 10 points, like they're gonna be like, man, like, you know, we're we still haven't put this game away. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it brings exactly to your point, you know, if you can get someone that can just make that play for you because I mean, football, they play for 60 minutes, but so much of it is just a few set of crucial plays. And you can just get someone that can, can change the momentum or, you know, gets that, that last final play that allows you to walk off for a touchdown. Right. It's individual players and crucial moments that end up making it, you know, and how many times you need these big names to go out there and make plays for you at the end of the game. I mean, even look at, you know, Jimmy Graham, who hasn't been perfect, but look at just someone who's finally allowed the Bears to to finish well in the end zone. I mean, he's finally mm-hmm. someone in the red zone that, you know, the Bears consistently look to to be a difference after they go out there and grab touchdowns. I mean, it seems like he's almost good for a touchdown almost every week at this point, you know, just yeah. as long as the Bears can get down into the red zone. So, you know, it's even just bringing in someone like Jimmy Graham, there was someone that has brought in a different dynamic to the Bears offense. So it kind of just speaks to, you know, if the Bears would, would go ahead and be more aggressive and bring in, you know, some of these players to at least give them a shot. You know, worst case scenarios, they don't fit, right? And they're only, we, we say this all the time, you're only signing them to a one-year deal. You know, if it doesn't go well, then it's going to end. It's going to be there, a very... There's no sh- such thing... No such thing as a bad one-year contract. It's going to be a very short marriage if it doesn't work out well. But if it works out well, I mean, perfect. It works out well for both parties. Either, you know, he ends up staying on the team on a better contract or he leaves for himself on a better contract. And then the Bears got what they wanted in, you know, the short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And now here we're going to kind of move into another one of our segments, which is can the Bears go to the Super Bowl? And B, can Nick Foles lead the Bears to the Super Bowl? So for me right now, I still have many questions with Nick Foles, but he definitely has a pedigree when it comes to the playoffs. And that's what gives me hope is that Nick Foles, I mean, you saw him beat us. I think that 2018 Bears team, I think that if Parkey doesn't doink that kick, I think that they go to the Super Bowl. I think they beat the Rams. I think they end up beating the Saints. They beat the Rams. They handled the Rams earlier in the season. And I think they end up going to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. I think that it's Bears-Patriots that year if – Parky doesn't doink that, right? I think it's one of the best defenses we've seen this decade, right? They were that good. But it is what it is. And Nick Foles, he played well enough to beat us. He played well enough to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. He played well enough to almost beat the Saints uh, that that year who ended up losing to uh, the Rams. But where do you see, do you think that Nick Foles could actually bring this Bears team to a Super Bowl? I think he can, but he definitely needs help. And it definitely needs to work out a lot to what we were saying, whereas this Bears defense is going to be able to keep you know, a lot of these teams to a point where the Bears can win games by just winning 24 points. Because I think the question is for this team is, mm-hmm. can the offense put up the points? I mean, that's ultimately what it seems to come down to every week is, 
you know, are they able to get to that barrier where it seems like it is like, like you said, 24 points, you know, it seems like they can get to that number. They're at least going to put themselves in a position to win the game. And like you said, it was 20 points on Thursday night, you know, maybe it's not going to be that easy every week. And it's kind of why we've seen the bears having to claw back, especially so late in games. So a lot of that offense, offensive chemistry and productivity and efficiency, I hope can only improve over the course of the season. But it's definitely something that, you know, we kind of need to see in order to really have a lot of hope. I think that the stars can align in the right way. You know, the first step is the Bears got to make it in the playoffs. Well, it seems like it's going to be easier for them to to accomplish that this year. So that's done. They just need to go 500 for the rest of the season. Right. So basically, you know, as long as they can keep that up, then they're going to be at least in the mix of it. And then you think about who they're going to have to play. Like you said, you know, most of the teams in the NFC now are, are pretty, you know, they're more offensively minded than defensively minded. So the Bears are kind of a little bit against the grain there. But, you know, can they win the matchups? Can they keep teams in close games where they can at least have a shot? You know, that's basically going to be the, the key in those games is keeping those offenses down and not getting in a shootout because it doesn't really seem like the Bears are going to be offensively consistent enough to, to get in that. But, you know, if Nick Foles can be opportunistic for this Bears team, if, you know, the Bears defense puts them in good positions, you know, maybe it's a good, you know, a good return from Cordell Patterson. They're going to need some kind of plays kind of from all over in the team in order to do it. But I think Nick Foles can do it as long as he's being put in kind of favorable situations. Uh, But that's asking a lot from, you know, the defense and, and special teams as well. You know, I truthfully believe that if the Chicago Bears can go out and find themselves a replacement at that guard position, I know some people pointed to maybe Kyle Long would want to come back. I don't really know how much that would benefit us. I, I truthfully, he looked pretty bad in his final year, but still probably better than Alex Barr is not going to lie. Um, but maybe go out, make a trade or f- find somebody, just bring in maybe a little bit more depth and Hey, go out and get another running back, go out and really explore all these options that became available. The bears have had so many options come available to them at positions of need, right? Go. If you go explore those, man, I really think that Nick Foles could potentially do that, but he is going to need the help. Exactly what you're saying. He's not, he's had, I think this had 2.5 seconds or less on over 70% of his throws this season. That's not enough. That's not going to get you explosiveness. I mean, people wanted to make fun of Nick Foles when he had that bad miss to Darnell Mooney. He had pressure all over him. He had to let that ball fly way earlier than he should have. That's the thing with Nick Foles. He's not a mobile quarterback like Mitch Trubisky. He's not going to be able to extend the play like that. He needs a quarterback or he needs a uh, sorry uh, offensive guard, some good guards to take care of him. And what did that Eagles team have when they won the Super Bowl? Well, they had a really, really good offensive line. So if you don't have that, that's the concern. And the fact that the Bears aren't exploring those options, that's also the concern. So where can he take us to the Super Bowl as an individual? Yeah, I I do think that Nick Foles could, in fact, lead this Bears team to the Super Bowl, especially with the defense that we have right now. But... Are the Bears going to put him into the into a position where he can win a Super Bowl for the Chicago Bears? That's the question that I have. That is where I truthfully just have no idea. You know, I think that we have to see this Bears team be a little bit more aggressive. We have to see Nagy kind of understand Nick Foles a little bit better as a player. 
And if that happens, which I think is something we need to look out for this week, which we'll get into in a little bit. But if that happens, this Bears team can go to the Super Bowl, especially we spent so much time talking about the NFC and how weak the NFC is right now and how well the Bears match up against them. I don't see why not. Yeah, I think honestly, you know, I don't see why not. I can definitely see the way that it happens, right? I can definitely see, you know, how it has to be done and, and, and how it would work with this Bears team. And it it just kind of seems like, you know, eventually when things happen enough, you know, it, I eventually when things happen enough, you kind of have to accept that, you know, it's just going counter to what your logic would be. And I think a lot of times it kind of feels like when you're watching these teams play against the Bears that they're just, you know, kind of not playing well. But, you know, you just have to figure that has to be something about the Bears team or something you know, that really just, you know, phases other teams' offenses sometimes. You know, it just seems... You can only... It's like with the Patriots, where everyone was like, oh, the Patriots got so lucky on, like, five of their Super Bowls. Like, yeah, but good teams get lucky, okay? Like, it's... It, Well-coached teams get lucky. Well-coached teams make comebacks. It's not necessarily luck. Yeah, exactly, right? It's kind of like, I mean... If it just kind of seems like repetitively lucky, I mean, you're doing something right, you know. So the Bears are doing something right. I mean, they're four and one. They're in a good position. They really just have to build upon where they're at, and, and it's it's out there. I mean, optimally, and we talked about this extensively in this podcast. Optimally, I think you'd hope the boost would come from bringing someone in, you know, bringing in some extra padding at positions where they need it. But you know, they it just seems like they really need to improve their offensive line play. You know, they need to get better use out of their run game. But if they can honestly improve those two things, I think it's very plausible that they could, you know, be a team that's in the mix for the Super Bowl. I mean, this team is a solid running game away from really controlling and eating clock and then, you know, having a great defensive team, you know, to clean up the mess. And if it's a defense that can give you a couple turnovers a game, you know, one to two and put this offense in some good positions, it's going to be a team that's going to be able to, you know, manage some games very well and probably keep you know, some of these higher paced offenses off the scoreboard. So there's the, definitely the methodology and the, the way of being able to go out there and accomplish it is out there. And, you know, I think that, you know, you kind of, I think we can meld this into, into next week's game, you know, against the Panthers, because it gives them opportunity to, to improve on a lot of the, a lot of the mistakes that we've seen. Right. I mean, it just kind of seems like we really hope they don't fall into kind of like the trap game after they, they go out and, and win against the Buccaneers, which is their best win so far. You know, we talked about the bears not being great off of 10 game or 10 day, you know, breaks or bye weeks even. So, you know, you really hope it's a, it's a game where they used to, to really build that identity on offense that we've talked about so extensively and really start to, you know, to develop some kind of balance or, you know, even if it's not like a 50, 50 balance with running the football, what balance does the offense feel comfortable with? You know, is it a 60, 40 ratio that just needs to be held? You know, the bears team just needs to find something that really works. that works for them in the, in the duration of the game. And you know, what better, what better opportunity to do it against, you know, a team that's really been struggling so far. Exactly. And the the big thing is we talked about it extensively on the last podcast that this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game is going to set the tone of the Bears season. If we would have lost that game, I'm sure we wouldn't be talking about the Super Bowl on here, right? We would be understanding this team. They're not going to compete with other teams, especially after that Colts loss. Um, it was a, a it really brought Bears fans, I think, back down to earth. Now, the thing that I'm really interested in is that the Bears, the one thing I have to give Bears credit for in this past game is that they put up 20 points on statistically one of the best defenses in the league 
So, I mean, you need to do a little bit more than that, but they're getting there. You know, they're getting there. So, really, uh, as far as Nick Foles getting the Super Bowl, I got two questions, right? If he does win the Super Bowl for the Chicago Bears, does he go to the Hall of Fame, A? And B, do we draft a quarterback? I think, okay, for the first question, I would say that the rationale is if you think Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback then I think that Nick Foles is a Hall of Fame quarterback as well. I agree. Because I think the same reasons why you put Eli Manning in there is the same reasons why you put Nick Foles in there. If you get two, here's the thing though. If you get two with two different teams in a matter of three, was it three years? Three years? That's impressive, that yeah. That's very impressive. I mean, that that's insane. <laughs> that is insane. Actually, I think it was four years. Is it three years, four years? I don't know. But that's insane, yeah. right? Yeah. Either way, it's crazy. Or even just to do it on two different teams, honestly. I mean, that's how many people have done that? I think, you know, who was it? Kurt Warner? He didn't win it for the Cardinals, though. He went to two different Super Bowls, though. He went to it. You're right. For two different teams. And there's very few quarterbacks who have done that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And yeah, I mean, it would be crazy to think about that. So I think that's my answer to that question. And as to do the Bears draft a quarterback? I mean, I certainly hope so still. I, I think I think the Bears actually still would, but I feel like they would also mm-hmm. possibly extend Nick Foles at the same time, which might actually counter the logic, if you know what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Here's I, what I think. Nick Foles, if he wins a Super Bowl, if he plays 50% of the snaps this year, he has an option to opt out of his contract. So my guess, what happens if he wins a Super Bowl? He opts out. The Bears don't re-sign him. And instead, they draft a quarterback. Because Decent. I think at that at that time, they're thinking, hey, you know, Akeem Hicks, he's getting kind of older. You know, we have some pieces are, that we really like, but they're getting kind of older. Maybe it's time to do a little retool over the next couple of years and try to make a run at it again. Like smart teams do. Yeah, and honestly, I think that would probably be the smartest choice. It, it kind of counters logic not wanting to go out there and defend you know, the Super Bowl with the quarterback you just won it with. But at the same time, I think that honestly be the smartest move because let me just tell you, they wouldn't go back to back with Nick Foles. <laughs> I just don't, I don't yeah. think they would. It's just it yeah. kind of not saying it'd be like a one-off or a fluke, but it, in as far as like w- the direction <laughs> that the NFL is moving in, it kind of would be a bit of a fluke. Um, but at the same time, it'd still be validated. But I think moving on from Nick Foles would be smart at the same time, though, I think there would be a certain amount of pressure, man, on that, especially from the Bears' owners and management, possibly some of the older ones, you mm-hmm. know, to kind of keep them around. I mean, with that kind of success. But we'll see. We'll see. I think it would definitely tear the, the – it would be a media storm for sure, I think, if this is the situation you, we find ourselves in. You look how mad Philly fans are right now that Nick Foles is the, the Bears' quarterback too. They are, dude. I've never, I never would have thought how mad these people are about the Eagles keeping Carson Wentz. They hate him. They hate him now. I saw you see the one video of the. I think I might have sent it to you. The one dude that was packing his suitcase saying he's going to Chicago to get Nick Foles. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. It's 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 hilarious, hilarious, man. We shouldn't be those. We shouldn't be those people. You know. We shouldn't be those people. All right. So let's uh, move on to. Uh, let's see. We're at 50 minutes right now. Let's see. All right. We'll. Uh, I guess we'll go with uh, talking a little bit about Cole Komet and some of our rookies, right? So 
Cole Komet, man, he has not looked great through the past couple weeks. But the question is, is he a bust? I'll let you take it off. Man, I think to label someone a bust after, what, their first five games in the NFL and, you know, without a preseason and without a normal training camp, I think that's tough. I don't think he's necessarily a bust. I think it's uh, what I'm questioning is why do we hear so many great things out of camp about how ready he was when it doesn't really seem like he was that ready, you know? Where did something change or were the coaches lying? I just want to know what it honestly was as to why it doesn't really seem like he can find his place, you know, in the offense so far. It's just, it's, it just seems like he's been an afterthought. You know, we've only heard his name called a couple of times, uh, you know, only minimal targets, um, you know, knowing that the pass, the, you know, pass catching isn't his only part of his game, but, you know, still, I think we definitely would have, expected more from him I, I know we had a lot loftier expectations for him as far as what he'd be doing in the passing game you know we predicted at the beginning of the season and you know I, I think that he kind of just has to find his place in the offense so, you know still the tight end position is something that isn't being used amazingly well until the red zone I mean that's really when Jimmy Grands came to shine mm-hmm. but it still hasn't you know they haven't really been getting big chunk plays over the middle with tight ends or hitting really corner routes you know outside of the red zone so you know i think it's still very much kind of a positional issue as well it seems like you know why can't you know tight ends quite you know get worked into this offense well yeah exactly and you know i think what it is is that i i believe that reese you and i we kind of got duped this offseason you know i think that you know yeah we got duped because when all the uh you know the the all the beat reporters are coming out here they're saying that cole Komet is dominating in camp and and he's looking so good in camp and then me and you are thinking hey you know maybe he can make an instant impact this year but before that happened we definitely viewed the Komet move as more of a long-term draft pick because the history of tight ends in their first year in the nfl is not great it's very minuscule. The impact tends to be very little because it's a difficult position to play. It's one of the hardest positions to play. You do literally everything. You have to be a good route runner. You have to be a good blocker. There's so many different aspects to it. And I think that we were probably more initially right. I don't think he's a bust. I think that Bears fans who are saying that are kind of uh, uneducated, to be honest, about exactly the, the crafting of a tight end. And I think he is someone that will start to make more of an impact in you know year two, year three. Yeah, and and we can only hope so. I, that's why I don't really want to label him as a as a bust. And like you said, there seems to be a bit of a learning curve with the tight end position in general. Um, so you don't really want to rush, you know, him as far as evaluating. I think as far as the rest of the season goes, I think it's just going to be seeing that progress and kind of watching him become more a part of the offense. I think it's going to be the best way, best kind of measuring stick for him this year is just kind of watching him grow and develop and. You know, if we're still having the same conversation at the end of the season, maybe we can be a bit more worried. But there's still a lot of season for him to kind of find his place, you know, and hopefully, you know, even, you know, hopefully end up making it into the postseason, that's even more opportunity for him to come out and shine. You know, honestly, the more games and the more game time that he can get, you know, the more experience. That's honestly what's most valuable to him at this point in his career. Yeah, and we're also going to look at the other rookies. So Colcom has kind of been the one that has kind of disappointed, but Ryan Pace found two diamonds in the rough. First one, I mean, let's start off with Jalen Johnson, man. He is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL right now. 
he has been targeted the second most out of any quarterbacks, and he has what I I believe is the lowest passer rating in target. Yeah, he's been remarkable. I think there's been a couple of times where he's gotten beat. I think clearly his weakness is kind of the double move on long balls at times. He got caught with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, yeah, he got caught with Calvin Ridley in that Falcons game. You know, I I think that he's been fantastic, though, in just about everything else, and you can't really ask much more out of a rookie corner being put in some one-on-one situations like that. He's been fantastic, and and the pairing with him and Fuller has led to uh, what's been a great tandem. The Bears' pass defenses look very solid. Honestly, you know, I think they've caused a couple, like, coverage sacks in some instances. I mean, the Bears get a good rush, but there's been some times where Mm -hmm. it's still taking about three or four seconds, so... I mean, that pass defense has been great, and Jalen Johnson, I mean, I don't think you could really ask for too much more from him right now. I mean, this Bears pass defense would be amazing if it weren't for our linebackers right now, specifically Danny Trevathan. He has been horrible in pass coverage, and if we just had like a little bit better performance there, this Bears defense would be insane right now. Again, we talked about it. A little bit of the difficulty has been through the middle with, you know, not having Eddie Goldman and then also not having Danny Trevathan at the same way he was playing for us before. That's that's really what's been hurting us this season. It's insane to see that these two players alone have really... The big thing for this Bears defense in the past was just such a lack of holes. You couldn't really target anybody specifically and pick on them because... Everyone was above average. Danny Trevathan was really good in pass coverage for a while. And now that that's not really the case, and now that we're, you know, missing big Eddie Goldman in the middle, it's kind of impacting us negatively. So with Jalen Johnson, man, the top, the Bears right now have two of the top three cornerbacks in the NFL statistically and the best two cornerbacks in uh, in the NFC North right now statistically. Over Jared Alexander. Jalen Johnson has been playing better statistically than Jared Alexander. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in this Panthers game to see the defense because I think there's actually a little bit of a, a division amongst, you know, Bears, you know, analysts as to, uh, you know, if Danny Trevathan is the issue. Because it's funny, I saw on my Twitter feed Nicholas Moriano, a guest that we had on on this podcast, you yes, know, tweet, yes. tweet something from some analyst talking about just how good Danny Trevathan has been. So I'm like, wow, that's completely contrary to what Austin and I have been talking about. And, you know, I've definitely seen some people be more critical of Roquan Smith and we've been kind of saying that he's been doing good, even though he's had a couple dud moments. So I think it's gonna be interesting this next week, you know, kind of coming up to see, you know, if that division kind of remains the same. I think the one area that a lot of Bears fans and analysts have have agreed has been great has been Jalen Johnson and that pairing in the secondary. But I think everything else has been a little bit, you know, up in the air. I think one other thing that Bears fans can agree on is that Akeem Hicks and Cleo Mack have also been outstanding. Oh, and yeah. I, and I think. And Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller is the best cornerback in the NFL right now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and we touched on that. So I think that, you know, everyone that really needs to be playing out of their minds has been playing out of their minds and has been playing very good. And, like you said, I mean, perhaps Trevathan has shown a little bit of a weak spot on this defense, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out in this next week. I mean, this Panthers team, there's nothing really about them that, that scares me, um, but I think it's really kind of more the long-term view for this defense that, you know, we've really been concerned about, especially the middle of it. You know, we keep talking about Eddie Goldman, and I really just don't want to be talking about Eddie Goldman, you know, mm-hmm. end up 
you know, late, late in the season being like, man, you know, hopefully it's not in the playoffs and some team just ran all over us and we're not like, man, we really missed Eddie Goldman opting out because it's something we've been talking about since day one here. Yeah, hopefully this isn't a reflection on Chuck Pagano because everyone that we've expected to play good has played really out of their minds. Like, there's a couple Bears players on this team that are having legitimately the best seasons of their career, right? But at the same time, we're just not getting the same level of production of t- since 2018. Hopefully, Vic Fangio gets fired and we can si- we can sign him to be our defensive coordinator again. But he, I mean, I on, but in all reality, I actually hope that he, you know, continues to be a head coach because uh, he's just such a good dude. You know, like he is such a good dude, and I think that he could potentially be a good head coach if things break his way some way. Um, but I also would love to see him back with the Chicago Bears next year. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the Panthers game and look at our Panthers preview uh, for next week. Um, man, this is going to be an man. I, I, I want to, I, I predicted the bears to have a loss last week. Let me, let me put my bias aside here. I predicted the bears would have a loss this past week. We ended up winning. So that's good. But I just find it hard to believe that this bears team doesn't wipe the floor with this Panthers team. Yeah, I I find that too, unless they really just come out, you know, so slow and so lethargic after the 10 days. But I don't really see a way that, you know, at least the defense doesn't have their way all game. And man, you know, I just, you'd have to figure that the Bears offense isn't going to have too much pressure on them to score. And, and I hope, you know, I really hope this is finally the game because we've been asking for probably about three weeks straight that we finally see a, you know, a good offense of performance consistently. Um, throughout the game but you know hopefully you know the Bears can just kind of control this game right I feel like that would be nice for them to to control this game from beginning to end because there's really no reason why they shouldn't I think the defense shouldn't have too many struggles I mean this is a banged up already Panthers team and a team that's already Mm -hmm. pretty short on weapons I mean of course Christian McCaffrey is always the standout but and that's what's hurting them yeah I mean I would be a lot more afraid of this team if they had Christian McCaffrey right now yeah, exactly. I mean, if Christian McCaffrey was available, then he's definitely something and someone that would give honestly this Bears defense, you know, quite a bit of a fit, um, especially being able to really stretch them out and make them move laterally and have to defend a lot of different parts of the field. But without that threat, I mean, you have to really think that this, you know, Panthers team is one that's really looking, you know, looking to struggle to really probably get some offensive production going, especially against this bears defense. And hopefully the bears can pick on what seems to be a bit of a, of a wounded animal. You know, I just, the hard thing, I don't really know what's special about this Panthers team. Like you look at the bears and you're like, okay, what's special about this team is their defense. You know, they have all pros across the board, potentially multiple hall of famers on the team. These are all really, really good players, two of the top three cornerbacks right now. And I just can't imagine that Teddy Bridgewater, you know, who I think is having an okay season. I think that he's been decent, right? I just can't imagine him without the having, you know, Christian McCaffrey, not having a ton of great weapons, being able to do much on this Bears defense. And now, that being said, Panthers fans, if you're listening to this, there is absolutely a possibility that this Bears team just comes out and is horrible because we've seen it before, okay? But when this Bears team is playing well or when they're even on in the slightest, the offense, this game could get out of hand, okay? This game could absolutely get out of hand for the Panthers. The Bears could go up a couple scores early on and I think be in the driver's seat early all game. I don't really have fears about their defense. I think that the offense, our defense will handle. And I just, I can't imagine we lose this game, man. 
Yeah, I mean, it really seems like the only thing that would stop the Bears from winning this game is themselves, truly. I, I think that it's almost kind of, unfortunately, a little boring exactly. to preview this game because it kind of just seems like, you know, you say if the Bears are able to to play well and play their game or at least not play abysmally, then they have a chance to win, surely. And I think that, you know, the only way they lose is if they come out and give a performance like they did early on in the season against you know, like the Lions or the Falcons and get off to that kind of start and somehow the, the Panthers get some kind of energy going. But other than that, it's hard to hard to really say that there's a situation where the Bears lose here. I think that a lot of it could potentially rely on how bad our offensive line plays. Because if Alex Barr is just terrible, which, you know, I think he played okay in that Tampa Bay win. Um, if he's just terrible, this could be a lot uglier of a game than we might expect. But um you know, I'll fully expect Eddie Jackson to have two touchdowns in this game like the last time we played the Panthers. And, uh, yeah, that's my bold prediction. <laughs> no, that, I'm just I'm just kidding. I mean, that would be one hell of a repeat performance. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's a good point. Score-wise, I haven't even really thought about how good the Bears' offense can be in this game. But, honestly, man, I feel like the Bears' defense is going to really be able to hone in the Panthers, I don't see them putting up over 17 points. But I'm going to honestly, I'll predict that they score 14. And I'll say that the Bears get, I want to say 28-14. I think they double them up. Yeah, I don't I don't really have a score prediction. I think that yours could be right. But I just think that this is going to be a dominant performance. I just that's That's my prediction. It's just a dominant performance. This is the first time all season where you look at the Bears and you're like, wow, they're beating up these bad teams. Right. And not even that the Panthers are that bad of a team. They're over 500 right now, but certainly not to the same, you know, aspirations as the Bears right now. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that. And I I think just Christian McCaffrey being out is just too much, you know, too much of them to to overcome in this in this game. So I don't know. I, I don't see it. We can all be surprised, though, you know, if, you know, the Bears start come out and playing like they did, you know, I I. I just feel that, you know, we could look to something and see something just like we did with New York, you know, the Giants. I felt like early on in that game, it seemed like the Bears were really going to run away with it. But I'm looking for them to actually just run away with it this time instead of letting New York linger like they did in that matchup. So I don't know. Not too much to say other than that, though. Yeah, but to play devil's advocate, just to be honest, the Bears have been really, really bad off of rest weeks. They've lost a lot of games off rest weeks. So having this little mini buy that concerns me a little bit, not going to lie. But ultimately, I think that it is a dominant performance by the Chicago Bears. And the Bears start getting a little bit of respect. And hey, you know what? This is my bold prediction. I'm going to go ahead and leave a bold prediction. I think Nick Foles throws for over three touchdowns. Over three touchdowns and no interceptions. That would be that would be very good. I mean, that would be a good, a good performance from him. I guess if I have to whip out a bold prediction real quick, I'll say... I'll say that Jalen Johnson gets his first pick. He hasn't had a pick yet, right? I think no, that, he has not. Uh, he, he should have last week, but the the wide receiver latched onto him and pulled backwards. So apparently that's not OPI, but whatever. That's all right. I think he'll get his first pick. There you go. There we go. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We're excited to be back with you guys. Uh, a lot of this content will be up on YouTube, so make sure to check it out. And then, hey, make sure to, uh, after the Panthers game, go ahead and check us out on YouTube, our instant reactions. They should be up very shortly. Um, I mean, we tend to get it up in, like, what, like two hours? Usually, uh, it tends yeah. to be up. We're usually yeah, pretty so, good. So really quickly, uh, sometimes it's even sooner than that. So, yeah, make sure to catch that out Sunday uh, after the game. 
and just bear down, guys. It's going to be a great week. See you later.